Welcome back to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM920, The Answer. I appreciate you sticking with us through the break. In this segment, we're talking the five things landlords should be aware of to avoid tenant trouble. If you're listening and you've been a landlord and it was a bad experience for you, I'm not saying you need to get back into being a landlord, but pay attention because there are some good rules and tips that people need to follow. Don't forget, if you want to connect with us, it is simple. Go to gogaddisradio.com. That's G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S radio.com. You can ask questions. You can make comments. You can push back. You can share your ideas with us. You can request we do some additional research on your neighborhood and feature it on the radio show. And you can subscribe to our podcast. We're available on all major podcasting platforms. I am excited to reintroduce second-time expert advisor John Richard, who's an attorney at law with Continuum Legal Group right here in Atlanta. And John, welcome. Thank you very much. Hey, so you specialize in only landlord-tenant stuff. Is that correct? I do. Uh, I do primarily landlord-tenant. Yes. Perfect. And mostly in the residential world, or do you do some in the commercial world as well? It's actually primarily in the commercial space, but more and more I see residential uh, just because that's where most of the issues are at this point. Interesting. Okay, wonderful. Now, in a prior show a couple of months ago, maybe six weeks ago, we discussed the five things that tenants should be aware of to avoid landlord trouble. Now, we're going to flip it around and discuss the five things that landlords should be aware to avoid trouble with a tenant. So I'll let you start it off. And if you don't mind, I might provide a little color commentary as we go through it. Sure, of course. So the first thing on the list is to simply know your lease. Absolutely need to have a written lease. You need to have one that you're comfortable with. You need to have one that you understand. And if you don't understand it, get a knowledgeable attorney to explain it to you and potentially make changes that will benefit you as the landlord. Once you know that lease, you need to make sure that you follow it. Uh, it's there for your benefit as a landlord because you're the one that has drafted the lease and presented it to the tenant. So you need to make sure that you're actually following all of its provisions for your protection. So in, in many cases, landlords will prepare the leases themselves. They'll get a form at, at uh, some office supply store and they'll put together a lease. I don't recommend that. What and I, this is I'm just asking you to guess. I know you don't know the answer to this. What percentage of landlords that you deal with, whether it's a corporate landlord who owns multiple properties or an individual landlord, what percentage of those have actually read and are familiar with all the terms of the lease? On the commercial side, my client base, many, many of them have read it. That's On what the they do. On the residential side, uh -huh. very few. Got it. That's what they do. That's the business model. But on the residential side, the vast majority of them will use, for instance, the Georgia Association of Realtors form, but they haven't read past about the third page. No. And or, a lot of the really good stuff, the end. It, so, it, all, all the stuff that determines how it's going to work is, is at the end. So first one, read it, know it, and follow it the lease we're talking about. And that is really, really great advice. I even tell real estate agents that if they will read the purchase and sale agreement and all the amendments and exhibits, if they'll read them all, 
The answers to almost every single question they could possibly ask are included in there. And I, I have told agents that if you actually read it and understand what it says, you're probably one in 10 or one in one in maybe maybe two in, tw- in 10 uh, who actually understand that. OK, so what is number two? Number two is to make the payment of rent easy for tenants to comply with and to be consistent with. You need to develop a procedure that's going to be easy for the tenant to follow. Because after all, you're not trying to set up a default. You're trying to make money at all of this. So you want to make that that flow of money into you as easy as possible. But you also want to set up a system that's easy for you to use to prove any non-compliance. So rather than, for instance, setting up a system where, well, come and drop the, the rent off on my front porch, there'll be a box there to put it in. There's no way to prove when they did that or whether they did that without a ring camera and so on. You want to make something, give them an ACH uh, transaction, um, give them the ability to, to do those sorts of transactions. You'll get your money faster and it'll be easy to prove that they didn't comply. And in many cases, there is inexpensive property management software, even for people who have one or two or three units, where you can keep up with the tenant records and then you can make arrangements for ACH transactions. One of the thing that I one of the things that I thought was so interesting is and this happened in Atlanta and it was a fairly prominent, at least on the radio, landlord. And the instructions would be that they would deposit their rent check into his bank account at his bank. Which means they have to have a account, account number and everything, and and I'm like, I don't, I don't get that. So, ideally, ACH transactions. What about landlords who want to take Venmo payments or uh, PayPal or Zelle or something like that? I would assume that is certainly cropping up, and you might not have any experience with it, but I assume it's cropping up in the landlord world. It, it is, and all of that can be documented. That's easy to do. Uh, you can also use a service like uh, QuickBooks. And I've got lots of vendors and, and landlord clients that will um, that will take payments through the QuickBooks system, goes right into their accounting software and links to their bank account. Very easy to keep track of. You just want something that is going to be easy for both sides to comply with because that's the whole point is for you to get paid. Love it. So make it easy for the tenants to pay and be consistent. If they don't pay on time, they didn't pay on time. If if on this day you're supposed to file this, then go ahead and file that. I know you've got that coming later in our topics. If you just joined us, you're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920. I'm Cleve Gaddis. I'm the host of this show, and I'm joined on the line by an expert in landlord tenant law john richard who's an attorney at law with continuum legal group right here in atlanta and i so appreciate you being here john your wealth of knowledge i think we're ready for number three of our five tips for landlords number three is in your lease you're going to have notice provisions and these will run both ways you want to make sure that as a landlord you're enforcing the notice provisions and Part of that process is to set up notice provisions that will ensure that you actually get notice, assuming that the tenant follows those provisions. Don't use regular mail. Don't use certified mail. Use FedEx, UPS for reliability. And then you can include language in your lease that adds on emailed notice, but emailed notice shouldn't be sufficient notice, it should just be extra notice. I've run into all sorts of situations where folks said that they sent an email, maybe it got caught in your spam filter, you didn't see it in time, 
And that's not good notice to you. That's not the, the sort of notice that you want as a landlord because you actually want to be aware of whatever the issue is that the tenant is trying to give you notice of as soon as possible. Interesting. And so I would assume if you as a landlord are sending notice, you want to do it in a way that is as easy to prove that you actually did it, maybe the FedEx or overnight UPS since we're right here in Atlanta, but certainly makes sense to do that and require the tenant. I never thought that you could actually require the tenant. Hey, if you send me notice, you've got to send it an overnight FedEx or whatnot. You know, you don't have to tell them overnight, but you got to send it by FedEx and you got to send me the tracking number. And wow, can email certainly be a problem. And so that's great advice to not rely on email as official communication because you really can't determine whether or not they've received it. Okay, how about number four? That's a good one. Number four is one of the big issues that comes up as a landlord are, are repair issues. So you need to develop a reliable system of documenting repair issues and their resolution. So assume that you've got good notice provisions in your lease. Your tenant gives you notice of some repair issue that needs to happen at the property under the lease, you're responsible for it, and you need to make sure that you've received that notice and then set up a system of actually going out, repairing it, and documenting every bit of that, because one of the big things that tenants will claim once they're in breach is that there were unresolved repair issues that should relieve them of either their obligation to pay rent or prevent a dispossessory. Those are easily dealt with if the landlord has a system set up beforehand that documents all of this and you can give your attorney or you can take to court yourself all of that evidence and prove your tenant uh, prove your tenant wrong. Yeah, and even if you just had a Google Drive folder or one of those Microsoft shared folders and you put all the notices that you received and you put pictures in there or whatever, just keep your records. I know some of the inexpensive property management software actually does that as well. Okay, now we're 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 coming into the final turn here. What is number five? Number five has to do with when your your lease and your tenant have taken a turn for the worse and you're concerned about getting them out, do not attempt any self-help eviction actions. Don't go out and try to change the locks or dispose of a tenant's property until you've actually either gotten a written acknowledgement from that tenant that they've vacated the property and abandoned whatever's left or you've actually gone through a formal eviction action and had either the sheriff or the marshal, depending on what county you're in, go out and actually conduct the eviction. And I was, the easiest way to pick up a go ahead. Sorry, I spoke over. The easiest way to pick up a eviction claim is to go out and try to do those things on your own, even thinking that well, it looks like it's abandoned. Maybe it's not. Maybe it is. But I'm going to go ahead and change the locks anyway. That's an easy way to catch a wrongful eviction claim, which can be very costly uh, and time-consuming to deal with. Exactly. Hey, that is great advice. Thank you for the five things landlords should be aware of. If you want to learn a bit more about the tenant's responsibilities in the landlord-tenant relationship, listen to the podcast titled Navigating Tenant's Rights, Insight for a Smooth Landlord Relationship with John Richard again dated October the 30th. You'll find it online. John, thank you very much for being with us again. We really appreciate it. We'll have you back sometime soon. And this time I want to talk about squatters because they seem to be everywhere. Will you come back? I will. Thank you very much for having me. Excellent. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, what's the latest 
in the news about the National Association of Realtors and other big brokers commission lawsuit. There's updates every single day, and we've got some updates for you. Stick with us. We'll be back.